Hello, uh, my name is Tom Frazier, and welcome to uh, Senior Beat. And with me today, uh, substituting for Christine Beatty, who is the Madison Senior Center Director, who's on vacation, is Laura Hunt, Program Coordinator at the Madison Senior Center. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Happy thank to be you. here. Thank you for being here in place of Christine. And uh, our first guest today is Lynn Riley who is um, an Information and Assistant Supervisor with the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Dane County. We will probably refer to it from time to time as the ADRC, because that's what everybody, we all have our <laughs> initials that we like to do, but ADRC means Aging and Disability Resource Center of Dane County, sort of a one-stop shop for older people and people with disabilities who need long-term care services, well, for that matter, any any services that may be available to older people and and uh, people with disabilities in, in Dane County. Um, so, Lynn, welcome. Thank, Thank you, you. For, for being here. Uh, just as a way of a little more introduction, Dane County is in the process of making a big change in how long-term care services are provided under the Medicaid program, the federal, state, Medicaid program. And uh, up until now, Dane County has uh, operated the program as a Dane County program with state and federal money under federal waivers for long-term care. Uh, but right now we're in the middle, maybe a little beyond the middle of the process of transitioning to a state-run program uh, that offers three Choices: family care, uh, IRIS, which is a self-directed program, and partnership, was, which is a program that coordinated not only long-term care but also healthcare services. So those are the three choices. So Lynn, kind of just give us an overview of how that transition process is going, where we are in that process, and how how much further we have to go to get to the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. We started the family care, we call it the family care transition, because we're transitioning everyone from a legacy waiver program to a family care model program, um, which, like you said, is either family care, family care partnership, or the IRIS program. So we started that transition um, working with people starting October 1st of 2017. Mm -hmm. um, we expect to be through all of those meetings and enrollments um, by the middle of April, everyone has to start on a new program by May 1st. So we hope to have all those meetings and enrollments wrapped up by the middle of April for them to start in their new programs by May 1st at the latest because the legacy waiver funding is ending April 30th of, t of 2018. So we need to get them all enrolled and started in their new programs. And um, we have been very successful so far in doing those meetings. We um, had over 2,000 people to meet with, and we have just about 300 people left to meet with. So, oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, so we're, we're about 85% through um, getting those signatures and getting people enrolled in a new program. Yeah. So when you say uh, legacy waiver, that's just a name for the old waivers that the county actually Correct. operated or administered. Correct. And they were basically the community options program waiver and the mm -hmm. community integration program exactly. waiver. 
and this was still Medicaid money, mm -hmm. you know, that was coming to the county, but then the county ran the program, had staff and so forth. Mm -hmm. Now, that will be, it's a state program that will contract with managed care organizations Correct. and other kinds of organizations. Right. Yep, Can and ICAs. Um, IRIS consultant agencies will run the IRIS program, and then we have M um, managed care organizations who will run the family care and partnership programs. Right. And partnership has been available for a while in Dane County. Right? Yes. I mean, so that's kind of an ongoing program that um, people are already enrolled in. Mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't have to switch. Right. If they, they want to stay in it, if they want to change, they would have to. Yep. Yep. Switch, and, well, right. Can we explain for the viewers what yeah. partnership is? Yeah, and IRIS. Yeah, and IRIS. <laughs> sure. Sure. Partnership, like you said, is a long-term care program that helps them meet their um, their needs uh, wherever they are living. And partnership combines that with their health care needs also. And then there's family care that is more centered just on their on their needs, and then they care their own um, card services through Medicaid um, to cover their health care needs. And then IRIS is a self-directed program where they get a budget um, set by the by the functional screen, and um, so then they operate that program themselves through self-directed. Yeah. And what does IRIS stand for again? I respect, I self-direct. Okay. IRIS, I-R-I-S, <laughs> and it's a it's a self-directed program. So people get they basically hire their own employees mm -hmm. to provide their care, Correct. they manage the money, but they have some help from a um, the IRS, IRS consultant IRS at the IRS consultant agency. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have to like do everything by themselves, like keep all the tax records and Correct. stuff like that. Because they actually have employees, employees. that they hire mm -hmm. and can yeah. fire, right? Right. <laughs> and, and this is, am I wrong, and this, this is typically been a program that is very popular, particularly among the younger people with disabilities. Correct. Correct. But some older people mm -hmm. use it too, but mm -hmm. probably not mm -hmm. to that extent. Right. It's not as common. Um, I think what's really important is that if someone hasn't made the selection yet and they're on a, a legacy waiver program right now, it's really important for them to connect with the Aging and Disability Resource Center as soon as possible because their funding is going to be ending. So if they haven't made a selection of those three programs, we are the only way that they can they can do that and get enrolled in one of these new programs. Right. So if any of those 300 people are, still, are watching, <laughs> please call us and, and fill out your new enrollment forms. As yeah. they make that transition to the yeah. new programs, are they experiencing any significant changes in their services, you know, good or bad? We've been told that there will be no changes in their service plans right away. Okay. We don't know um, in the future, but mm -hmm. right now they are meeting with them and meeting their service plans and um, go through a process. You know, it's kind of beyond the ADRC of what happens after we get them enrolled. Yeah. But you are the sort of the the central point of enrolment for Absolutely. everybody. Absolutely. So you. Everybody needs to go through mm -hmm. the Aging and Disability Resource Center of, yes. of Dane County, whether it's wh whichever program mm -hmm. they're interested in. But but that part of the reason is they can get independent, objective uh, information about yes. what the different programs are, right. 
to meet their needs, and then they have to pick. Right. right. We are completely <laughs> unbiased. We, we provide the information um, to, for them to make their decision, an right. informed right. decision, but we're completely unbiased. We don't have a horse in the race for any of those programs, right. so they just get the straight facts and information from us. Right. Yes. So is it fair to say that your first priority is this transition of everybody who is, are on the, way, the legacy waiver yes. programs into the three new programs. Yes, because we don't want anyone to lose their current funding that they have right, right. now. And that's the 2,000 plus people that mm -hmm. you have to yes. uh, work with to get them enrolled in switching from the waivers to the Family Care Partnership or IRIS. Correct. And, okay, so, um, so what, about, uh, what about other people who may not be um, already on one of those waiver programs. I'm, obviously, we're targeted toward getting information to seniors, senior yes. beat. Um, what? Tell us a little bit about what their choices might be right right now. Um, yeah. So the messages we really want to get out there are that if people feel they may need um, public benefits in the near future, and we're calling the near future right now, anytime in the next three years, if you feel like um, you may need financial assistance, and that's meaning the public benefit programs, to give us a call so that um, you can do, we can do um, a meeting with you to assess for functional. There's functional and financial right. eligibility for these for, programs. Yeah, because this is a Medicaid program, Absolutely. so they're targeted to people who are fairly low income mm -hmm. and assets, low assets right. as well. Right, so they so have they to have, have to that meet Medicaid. that. But then they also, for long-term care, have to meet a functional screen in terms of needing this, yeah. the care. Needing assistance with what we call daily living skills, such as bathing, showering, dressing. Um, uh, getting food. So if you need assistance with any of those kind of daily living skills and also um, feel that you could reach Medicaid um, eligibility in the next three years, which is under $2,000 of assets and um, low income, then, then we should be talking so that we get you on, mm. get those people on the waiting list. Um, we hope mm. to be getting to that waiting list by May. Um, once we get everyone transitioned, then we'll start addressing our waiting list. Uh -huh. um, because we'll eventually be there will be it. no waiting list, Correct. which is mm -hmm. the good news, but Correct. it's going to take us uh, two or three years to get yes. to the no waiting yes. list. We're expected um, that we will be a county of entitlement, which means the no waiting list by two, um, 2021. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of no waiting list, we did um, have a, a good thing happen this week where we um, got rid of our community relocation um, initiative wait list, where we had people on a waiting list that wanted to hear about their options to move out of a nursing home. And that's a, um, that's a program called community relocation. And there have been people on that waiting list, and they've all been um, assigned, for lack of a better word, for um, someone to go out and speak to them about funding that's now available, that we're a family care county, funding available to move mm -hmm. out of that nursing home into a home setting, apartment, or maybe an, even an assisted living program. Yeah. So That's really good news. Yeah. What if, um, so, so you have a person in a nursing home who thinks they would like to live in the community, mm -hmm. you know, in assisted living or a group home or even a, an apartment. Right. Uh, 
they need to get in touch with you, or could a family member also get in touch with you? Yes, a family member can also get in touch with us. So can the nursing home social workers, um, and or or the member them or the person themselves to, to come call us and tell us they're interested in um, relocating out of the nursing home. Again, for this funding. Again, they have to be on medical assistance. The nursing home has to be um, paid for by medical assistance to be eligible for this type of funding. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, uh, but the other thing that people should know is that if you are in, for example, even assisted living, uh, you might become eligible a lot faster than you think. Yes. You know, because it's fairly expensive and you can spend down mm -hmm. your assets fairly expense. quickly. Right. Uh, I seem to recall that this is just a round number, but um, people in nursing homes usually go broke within a year. Oh yeah, it you know, because we're talking about what more than how much? How many? Several 50, thousand 60, dollars, right? Yeah, a month. like yeah. six to eight thousand a month. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of money. So, so if they're in assisted living and think they're going to run out of money, they should probably get in touch with you. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, and so it hasn't always been that someone in assisted living could enroll in a program um, called Partnership Program, but now we can. Um, as of February 1st, 2018, we became a Family Care County, and part of that is that we, we are at, um, again, using the word entitlement, um, we are at entitlement for, for, um, for elders and people with physical disabilities to enroll in partnership even if they are in an assisted living program. That's a new eligibility for the, the population. So for partnership, there's no waiting list. Correct. You know, for family care and IRS, there could be unless they're already on the program. Yeah. Uh, and regardless if they have any questions or concerns or whatever, they should get in touch with the ADRC. Yes, so tell please. them how to get in touch with the yes. ADRC. So we can do that by phone at okay. area code 608-240-7400. Um, we also have a website, uh, yes, www.daneadrc.org. Okay. Or we have an email address okay. of adrc at countyofdane.com. Okay. Oh. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lynn. We appreciate thank you for it. And me. if you have any questions, call the ADRC. Yes, please. Please thank do. You. <laughs> thank you.
Welcome back to Senior Beat. Uh, my name is Tom Frazier, and with me is Laura Hunt, Program Coordinator at the Madison Senior Center. And Laura, you want to introduce our next two guests? Yes. We, um, with us today, we have Mick Roosh, who's a marketing manager at Madison Metro, mm -hmm. and Jesse Stammer, who is a marketing specialist at Madison Metro. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the changes with transportation coming up in the city of Madison, especially how it relates to our seniors. Yes. So what exactly is happening with um, paratransit? There's lots of questions uh, out there. Yeah, there are lots of questions. And basically, our message is we don't have any answers, unfortunately, unfortunately. at the moment. So, yeah, we, um, the Transit and Parking Commission, which decides on the proposal, they have still uh, have not made a decision yet. So they um, are going to revisit the, the topic and revisit the conversation in March, and they have pledged to make a decision by May. But as of right now, we don't have any um, changes that have been approved. So it's basically business as usual from now until um, basically there's a decision made. And I know there's some quite, you had mentioned mm -hmm. that some people are asking about door-to-door -door service. The door-to-door -door service is something that we're not proposing for 2018. That is something that we are actually uh, pushed back to 2019. We also pushed back the proposed fare increase. We're not going to propose that this year. That's going to be also, we're going to revisit that again in 2019. The only thing we're looking at this year is uh, leave attended. We're proposing to eliminate that, and we're also proposing to eliminate the convenience tickets. But as I said, those are just proposals, and those have not been approved yet. And if they are approved, we are going to have a very extensive uh, rollout period. We'll make sure everyone is notified, and we will gradually roll into these changes. It's not going to be something that's done overnight. So we give people plenty of notice. So we can really reassure the seniors in the community that nothing is going to happen really fast, nothing that they don't know about, business as usual as we continue yeah. on. Yes, and uh, one thing that we have heard is people, uh, people have gotten the misconception that we're not going to have paratransit service. That is not true. Um, we are required by the ADA to provide paratransit service. Um, it's just, uh, just going to be done in a different way. And uh, we're always going to be there to help people out. And if they have any questions, they can give us a call at 266-4466 in the meantime. And we're actually also offering, if, they like, if people would like us to come out and talk to their groups and just kind of give them that reassurance in person, we'd be glad to do that too. They just give us, give us a call, and we'd be glad to set something up and come on out and talk to people. That's really nice that you're able to reach out to people like that. Yeah. Um, other than the um, paratransit services, are there other changes coming up in the community? Um, we actually do have a big change coming up on our fixed route. We're going to be detouring from Monroe Street coming up, and that's going to affect a lot of riders uh, yeah, in the area. Yeah, that's a busy area. That's a very busy area. So, Jesse, do you want to tell us? Yeah, her? so if you haven't heard, Monroe Street is getting reconstructed. Um, that should be starting, again, early March. Um, we're going to start detouring um, Monday, March 12th. And that'll be a westbound detour only, so that's the good right. news that's of it. The They're news, keeping yeah, yeah. one lane of traffic, the eastbound lane of traffic, open during the entirety of the project. So we'll be able to keep our eastbound buses running as usual down Monroe Street and in that area. So the westbound buses, those routes that are affected, are going to be 3, 7, 19, and 58. So four of our routes um, are going to be detouring um, from Monroe to Regent and Speedway which we know is a little bit of a hike. It's, it's not close, but Madison, we have our beautiful mm -hmm. isthmus, but there's only so many places we can go. So um, that's going to be kind of a, a big detour we're getting through. Yeah. Um, to help um, implement service on the weekends, since our weekend service is a little more scarce than our weekday, we're going to be operating a Monroe Street shuttle to get people from um, the capital or eastbound areas up to Monroe Street. 
so they can continue their ride all the way to the west transfer point and then at the transfer point they'll go back on the shuttle where we'll go back around and up Monroe Street. So there'll still be some service there for people. So that'll take them to Monroe Street? It will, yes. And they can do whatever they want on Monroe Street? Yes, they're gonna have a couple of um, temporary bus stops open there. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to get off and you know maybe a block or two away from where you normally get off, but they will be keeping some sidewalks as clear as they possibly can <sighs> during construction and um, try to keep business as usual as much as possible. So it smells like you guys go from one big project to another. We Did do. you just finish really up? Was it Williamson ending. Street you just finished up yes. over on the other side of the Capitol? Yes, yes. it's never ending. So <laughs> summer, we, we love it when it comes, but that does mean detour season for us. So. Yeah. And is this, I assume this is somewhat temporary. It is. Um, it How should long? end hopefully in November is what they're okay. saying. So it is a big one um, through the year, but... Hopefully, it should only take a couple of, of tries to get used to the detour and then we extend into November. So. And for folks that probably aren't watching, who might not be watching the show, are there places that they can go, um, like online to your website, where all this is explained again and they can see yes. the new routes? Yes, we have um, all of our detour maps and information schedules are all online at mymetrobus.com. That's pretty easy to remember. Yeah. I can yeah. even remember that. MyMetroBus.com, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. You can always give us a call, too. We have um, our customer service centers are open on the week our weekends and weekdays, so we're always there to help answer questions. Yeah. That's and that's the number you yeah. gave, 4466 Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So uh, when we were talking before we sat down here today, you mentioned something about electric buses might be coming to Madison. Yeah, we actually just got a uh, federal grant, and um, basically we're going to be able to purchase three electric buses, and those are going to be hitting the streets in 2020. Um, it's pretty pretty exciting. There's no emission vehicles, and they are charged up like you charge your car. And we're going to have chargers installed in our garage, and we actually took a test ride on it about a month ago. And it is amazing how quiet they are and how smooth it is. It's, it's, uh, it's really fun to, to ride on those. And so we're going to be kind of pushing that out. We're starting to put a little advertising out there now yeah. to just kind of get people excited about it. But um, uh, that's going to be coming in the next two years. So there's be a lot of notice. Um, one of the things we've heard from people is, oh, is it going to be too quiet? We're not going to hear it on the street. <laughs> and so we're still looking into, into that. But we would make adjustments with um, just, just things. They're not that quiet that you would build in here. And we will be looking at safety features to make sure that's not an issue. Um, would those buses be on the bigger routes, or is there certain routes that you have in mind for the electric buses? We haven't really kind of delved into that yet. I know they um, once they get going, they have to go out for a while, and then they have to come in and get charged and then go back out again. So I think we're still kind of ironing that out. Yeah, there's a reason we're not getting them for a couple of years yet. We've got some planning to do with those kind of things. We have to build the infrastructure, the different energy and charging stations, and that's where our partner MG&E comes mm -hmm. in, too. They're helping us kind of figure that all out for us and help us navigate new waters. So. Well, that is pretty exciting yeah. to see us starting to think about some of those um, energy saving and yeah. environmental friendly yeah. options that are available to us. And can I point out one more thing? Yes. Is actually the mayor has given us a directive and he wants half our fleet to be um, to be all electric or half our fleet to be electric buses by two thousand thirty five. So zero emissions. Zero emission, yeah. yeah. So we are excited to get these buses rolling, hope they work out and we're looking forward to get more. Yeah. How many buses good. would that be? Well we have two hundred and fifteen right now. So wow. that would be a hundred 
100 wow, electric. That's yeah. <laughs> 107 and a half. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't want to ride on the half bus, but. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Somebody else can try that one out first. <laughs> and I know I, every once in a while I hear a lot of talk about um, the garage and Cub Foods being torn down and all that stuff. Yeah, well, we're actually looking at building a bus garage out there. Right now, our buses are very full. It's, it's an issue that we've had for the last several years, and it's really a great problem to have. But um, our, our issue is that when we have um, so many crowded buses, people say, oh, we need some more buses out mm -hmm. there, so we're not so cramped. Well, the, the thing of it is we use every last bus that we have available, so we don't have the ability to expand. And they say, why can't you buy more buses? Well, the issue is we don't have a garage where we can put it. Somewhere. So, uh, um, we've applied for the last three years to get a federal tiger grant to build this bus facility out at the, the Coosa Trail, out where the Cub Foods is. And um, we are hoping to hear basically any month, whether or not, or not any month, any day, that oh. whether or not we got that grant. And if we get that grant, we hope to get that moving and I believe have it constructed the next five years or so. And if we do get that going, then we would have the ability to purchase articulated buses, which are longer 60-foot buses that would run up and down. Um, our main thoroughfares, it would allow us to get many more people on the bus, handle our overcrowding that way, and it would just allow us to purchase more vehicles to handle the crowds that we have right now. So it's a very good problem to have. We're excited to um, have this opportunity to, to possibly get this grant and get this garage moving, and we're just kind of waiting yeah. to see uh, what we hear. Well, good luck. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Luck, yes. Thank you. We'll keep our fingers crossed <laughs> right. that, you, that we get it. Yeah. Uh, I know we also talked just briefly, you mentioned something about dementia-friendly. Can you yeah. explain yeah. that? Sure, that's like something exciting we've uh, we started working on last summer. Basically, we worked with the ADRC um, uh, to, make all of our, to get all of our drivers to be um, trained in uh, the, what it means to be dementia-friendly. And they went through a training session last year. And also our customer service reps went through it as well. And uh, the ADRC actually trained our trainers, trained our driver trainers, so that uh, we can continue this training on. So drivers, when they go through the refresher training every year, they get uh, experience with this. And then also all of our new drivers coming on board will also uh, get this training. And what it is exactly is that our um, people know just kind of how to recognize people that have dementia and mm -hmm. realize, you know, what kind of special needs they have, and and just to recognize if that if they are. Um, maybe needing some extra assistance on the bus and whether or not they can assist them themselves or recognize when they might need to call call for help mm -hmm. to come in and help. So it's just basically a good awareness for our drivers. Just kind of know that sometimes you don't know everything that's going on with uh, people mm -hmm. on the bus. And so it's just a very good awareness. And we actually found it was very good for our customer service reps too to know when you're talking to people on the phone. And even our graphic artist went through this training mm -hmm. and he learned about how to better um, Create signage. Create signage. Yeah. So. that is one of the things they go through in that training. Some yeah. of the things you never think about, just the way a sign looks, can be really confusing for somebody with dementia. Yeah. So we had a lot of different people that went through the training and got a lot of different things from it. So we're very excited that we've uh, embraced that at Metro and it's, mm -hmm. it's part of our programming now. That's I'm really excited to hear that because we've worked a little bit with that program at the senior center and. Mm -hmm. It is really kind of enlightening some of the things you don't think about yeah. besides memory. Yes. And the numbers are growing. Yes. You know, so, I mean, as the population ages, yeah. there's going to be more the know, baby people, boomers, yeah. people who do this. So I think that's great. I think yep. um, there's dementia-friendly communities, mm -hmm. you know, and now yep. 
it's your friendly transportation. That's, yeah. That's yeah. great. So we're that's actually going to work out and start to kind of roll out that promotion this spring and work with the ADRC and kind of just really put that out there and maybe put some stickers on the bus that says we're dementia friendly. Just kind of get that and really get that out there and just really announce to the community um, what we've learned and what we are able to uh, kind of handle it on a, more better, on a better level. I think that's really reassuring too to the senior population because a lot of our seniors with dementia rely on public transportation. Yeah. And for family members that sometimes feel concerning about whether or not they'll get on the right bus or get off at the right place, and just having that heightened awareness will make a big difference. Yep. Yeah. All right, anything else? Let's um, maybe give you the numbers again where people can call you if they have any questions about paratransit, dementia-friendly, electric buses. Yeah, we yeah. can answer any and all questions it, yes. okay. <laughs> um, so again. the number yeah. and your website. Yeah, and... our number is 608-266-4466. Okay. That gets you to our customer service line where they can help you with anything. Otherwise, you can visit us online at mymetrobus.com. And I guess one other thing, like I said, if you'd like us to come out and talk about these topics, we'd be glad to do that and call us at the same number and just set up set up a time Great. and we'd love to do that. We'll Great. definitely be calling you to come okay, to the Okay, all right. Center. Sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you, Mick. Thank you, Jesse, yes, for being course. with us. Our pleasure. And that is our Senior Beat program for this week.